Welcome to Habitual Excellence, presented by Value Capture. This podcast in our firm is all about helping you and your organization achieve habitual excellence via one unifying focus, one value-based structure, and one performance system. In other words, it's about helping you capture dramatically more value through achieving perfect care and perfect safety for patients and staff. To learn more about Value Capture and our services, visit www.valuecapturellc.com. Hi, welcome to Habitual Excellence. I'm Mark Graven. We're joined today by Roxana Gapster. She is the president and CEO of Wellspan Health. She's been in that role since 2019. So before I tell you a little bit more about her background, uh, Roxana, let me first say thank you and welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you, Mark. I'm great, and I'm glad to be here with you today. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to the conversation. And you know, to tell you a little bit more about Roxana, she has uh, extensive experience in strategic planning, business development, and operational leadership in both ambulatory and hospital settings. Um, she served in multiple executive roles, including chief operating officer, chief nursing officer, and as a senior executive accountable for population health. She has a bachelor's degree from the College of St. Catherine in St. Paul, Minnesota, and her master's degree and doctorate from the University of Minnesota. So, um, you know, we'll learn a little bit more about your background. Roxana, can you first um, tell the audience about Wellspan Health? Yeah, absolutely. So Wellspan Health is an integrated delivery system in South Central Pennsylvania, We are uh, made up of 20,000 team members, about 1,750 physicians and providers, and uh, eight hospitals, six acute care hospitals and two specialty hospitals. We have a regional home care organization and a very large uh, behavioral health organization as part of WellSpan. So that's, that's WellSpan Health, and we've been providing care to the communities of South Central Pennsylvania for a very long time. And can you tell us a little bit more about your own background? Your, you know, your, your master's and doctorate are in? Yeah, in nursing. So I started my career as a nurse, uh, spent about 22 years taking care of patients uh, at the bedside, uh, mostly in oncology and in hematology, a field that I really found very interesting and lived through some really interesting times with uh, the HIV uh, epidemic and things like that in, earlier in my career. Uh, You know, as my career went on, I, I, as you mentioned, went on to get my master's and and PhD at the University of Minnesota, both of which uh, I really appreciated the the strong uh, education in those programs and had both some administrative parts to my coursework and also uh, some epidemiology and clinical parts to that coursework. So it was a really nice background for me as I moved into leadership in healthcare, both in health systems uh, and in private practices, uh, all of that, of course, stood me in good stead to understanding both what patients go through on their journey, but also what it's like to be a caregiver uh, in, the, in many different situations. So um, I, I would just also say, um, and I'm not sure if we're going to get into this later either, Mark, but uh, as part of my career, I was actually at Park Nicollet Health Services when they um, went live with Lean. Uh, training. And so I spent about 18 months actually learning lean, um, helping transform the culture there, and just had amazing experiences uh, in both um, learning the shingle principles, but in being able to travel and lead workshops in other places. So as part of our capstones 
in our lean training, we went to the Genie plant in Seattle uh, and led workshops there. And we also went to Japan for two weeks and led workshops in Japan. So I'll be forever grateful for those experiences uh, because it taught me a lot, uh, even though at the time, you know, you felt a little bit inadequate because you were learning. Um, but it was a super, uh, super great experience for me and one I'll never forget. And, and, and I'm sure it's uh, and it's an opportunity not everybody has to go into a factory setting to learn about lean or to go in and, and try to help teach, get, whether that's in the U.S. or, or Japan. Um, so that I'm, I'm sure that's helpful. Um, people in, in your work now may be asking uh, the questions we've all heard and talked about, about the applicability of concepts from outside of healthcare. Right. Yes. And of course, back then there were fewer healthcare examples of, of lean. And so uh, it was really challenging actually to think through where, where could be applications that would be appropriate and that could help our patients and our team members. But as you know, you know, once you look around uh, in a healthcare organization, <laughs> you find those examples pretty quickly. And like you said, there are plenty of opportunities and it's great to have the focus on helping patients, helping staff. Yeah. Everything else follows from that. Absolutely. So it would be good to hear about, so thank you for sharing some of that background and perspective of now coming in um, two and a half years ago as um, president and CEO there at Wellspan. So Lean was not new to you, that's well established and thank you for that background. But uh, can you talk to us about maybe what happens when you come in um, new to the organization and how you sort of um, you know, get, get familiar with a, a new organization and start talking about the idea of a comprehensive lean management system. Can you share some of your experience um, in that regard? Yes, of course. Well, it was an interesting time to come to Wellspan because we had just grown really exponentially over the several years before I got there. Probably five or, or so new partners had come into the organization and as you can imagine, lots of ways of, of managing and doing things. And so one of the things I did that first year, of course, was a pretty thorough assessment of where the organization had been with improvement science and where we were going. And, and Wellspan had a history of working with lean principles, but probably not in a very comprehensive manner, more using tools uh, and applying those tools to specific problems. Uh, one of our newer partners uh, that came in just before I started, Summit Health, actually had seven years of lean under their belt and had been um, working really with the Virginia Mason production system and uh, doing a fantastic job, uh, by the way, with that. Um, but as we looked across at all of our partners, we thought the best thing to do would be to bring um, to bring all of us together and really craft and define a well-span lean management system. And that's what we've been working on over the last eight or nine months. Uh, and, and I think what it has done is it has brought us together, uh, certainly as a leadership team, but it has also engaged leaders in the process of helping support um, our frontline team members. And that has created a sense of ownership um, that people now have over over the lean management system. So that with the main goal, Mark, as you can imagine, being to really create um, a framework for us to support and empower teams on the front line so that they are solving and improving their own work. Um, and, and having fresh eyes, I think at the beginning really helped me, um, you know, take a step back and see where we could start to move forward. 
Well, it's always, I think, helpful. Um, it's it's a reflection of good lean thinking to not jump to solutions immediately. Right. So at, at Valley Capture and as others do, we, we teach people to first understand the current state, um, kind of define the opportunity and what we're trying to accomplish. And, and, and I, I hear you saying a couple of things maybe we can unpack a little bit. So we, we can talk more about what it means to have a comprehensive lean system. But the one thing I heard you touch on was also looking for maybe a consistent lean system because of the different experiences at those different partner entities. Is that, yes, is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Each, each partner entity had gone through different trainings, had different experiences, different coaches. Uh, and, and that was one of the reasons to kind of take a step back. Um, you know, it was really interesting. Our leaders, each time we surveyed our leaders over the um, over the course of the first year I was here, either in engagement surveys or, or after our leadership forums, it came through loud and clear that our leaders loved lean and that it, it was giving them a support uh, to how they were managing. And so it was one of the, the reasons that I thought, you know, this is something we could really build on. So, so you're right. Um, taking that step back, really understanding the different um, the different processes that people had gone through, and then also understanding, you know, uh, how might we do this differently? Because we certainly had, as you can imagine, a fragmented approach mm-hmm. uh, back then. Well, and then the other thing maybe we can dig a little deeper into is the shift from um, tools. To back to this phrase, um, comprehensive lean management system. So maybe yeah. we can we can get into what first off what lean management system means and what what the modifier comprehensive um, means. Could you elaborate on on why that phrase is meaningful to you? Yeah. Well, as you know, Mark, having a comprehensive lean management system is much more than a set of tools. It's actually a cultural transformation, and there are several parts to the transformation. Certainly, um, how we've gone about it here at Wellspan has been very intentionally and methodically building upon our system. So we really very, first of all, wanted to create a, a way for us to find the root causes of issues and innovate to find solutions. And we actually have a value here at Wellspan called Find a Better Way. And we've used that value a lot, as you can imagine, in the last several months. So starting out there with with problem solving, teaching our teams problem solving, but then quickly connecting to both real-time problem solving and help chains, as well as a tiered huddle system to provide that governance and management of the process to make sure that we are solving problems appropriately, that things are escalated to leadership in a timely manner. And and our goals and our keystone habits that we've set up for our comprehensive lean management system is really all around safety. Um, And that's one that in healthcare, it's uh, pretty easy to get our team members and our clinicians behind. Um, It's hard to be against safety. Uh, I think it's something we all think about every single day when we're at work. And we've actually taken the dual approach of patient safety and employee safety at Wellspan and really aiming um, for zero harm uh, with both. So. So that's how we're thinking about the comprehensive system. We're just now getting to um, some of the the continuous improvement institute pieces, and then eventually now to our report out pieces, where we'll be sharing across the system. Um, so we're we're really excited. We're kind of right in the middle uh, of implementation, and you know that can be a little bit messy at times. Well, but sure. uh, I've been amazed actually at how engaged the teams and leaders have been, and how excited they are 
uh, as we continue down the journey. Um, it's it's really been amazing. We just had a big presentation at our leadership forum, and um, I've never seen so much excitement after a leadership meeting as I did after that one. That's great. And you know, when you talk about leading with safety, as as we you know encourage and advocate for you know here at Value Capture, like you said, staff safety, patient safety. Um, you know, people can be motivated by that, but I, I think there's that important piece that you're adding of equipping people with a way to find a better way, not just hoping to find a better way, but the structure of um, real-time problem solving. Um, can 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 you talk a little bit about shifting that culture from you know maybe you know wanting to have excellence related to safety and now maybe making more progress toward that in different ways? Yeah, well, you know, as you know, real-time problem solving is is probably one of the um, most structured and I think most intentional ways of helping team members learn how to solve their own problems. And so we really have started that mantra of see, solve, and share. Um, and we're following that through each and every day. And, uh, you know, I can hear team members now when I round um, talk about see, solve, and share. Uh, And having that help chain, which is a very intentional, um, structured way of escalating issues, I think has made one of the biggest differences for us. We we certainly used to escalate issues, but as you know, they'd either get stuck at a certain level or someone would drop the ball or um, it would get escalated in two different parts of the organization. And there wasn't a real intentional way for that problem to get where it needed to go. Um, now with the help chain, of course, it's very intentional. Each person knows their role in the help chain, and we're seeing great documentation in our system to share so that we can go back and see how people use the four C's to solve their problems and, and how they're thinking through problems to get to the root cause. So it's it's been truly um, transformational for the teams that have gone live so far. Um, and I know others are anxious uh, to go live as they see others, you know, doing it. So. Yeah. And and for listeners who might not know the four C's, you mean? Yeah. So um, concern, uh, cause, countermeasure and check. And, you know, we of course, when we talk about concern, we also talk about contain uh, right at the beginning. So we always want to make sure the patient or the team member is safe before we start solving the problem. Um, so. I guess it's not five C's, Mark, it's four, but we, we think about concern and contain together. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, there's there's maybe just um, think of an analogy. If there's a fire, the fire department has to put the fire out before they can investigate the cause of the fire. That's right. That's so exactly. protect people from further impact of, of whatever's happening, whatever the concern or the incident or the situation is. And then as, as you were saying, as we like to talk about real-time problem solving, the, the sort of the the immediacy and the urgency to investigate right away. Um, can, can so you know, can you? I don't know if you have an example that comes to mind, but can you think of something um, that that occurred and and how this help chain is brought in? You know, like you know where the balance is between empowering and engaging frontline staff and their local leader versus the type of thing that would have to be escalated up that help chain. Can you talk a little bit more about how that works? Yeah, I mean, I could give just a real live example from this past week at our uh, tiered huddle. We learned that um, our ICU team had used uh, real-time problem solving. They had an oxygen leak actually in the wall, and they originally thought it was just one room. But um, as they went through the four C's and the valve was repaired, 
uh, they learned that it was actually a leak in the master line um, to, to the entire critical care unit. So it, wow. it really was, yeah, it really was a bigger deal than they initially imagined, but they did a great job, you know, identifying the concern and then going through the five whys. Uh, and, and I think had they not gone through the five whys, it may be that they would have just ended saying, oh, we have a leak in one room. So it really was key to go through the whole process. And, uh, and understand. And that was something then that we could say, okay, are there any learnings here for our system uh, that we can share with others? Uh, and that, that's the other great thing too about real-time problem solving that you know when you use a system to share, we don't have to solve the same problem over and over and over again, uh, which I think in healthcare sometimes we're a little bit famous for doing. Well, there's a big opportunity. Well, that that's, that, that's true in all sorts of organizations um, where we've got the ability then across you said eight hospitals, right? Yeah. So if there's an issue related to oxygen in one, how do you share that with the other seven so they can maybe be proactive to think about how would we see if we have that same problem brewing here or not? That's right. Absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, not just the critical care teams, of course, but it's the engineers and the maintenance teams. And it it really filters through several teams, which is, which is really helpful. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for, for sharing that example. And yeah. um, you, you talked earlier about your 20,000 team members and engaging everybody in improvement and problem solving. You know, what are some of the other things, um, you know, as, as a CEO that you do to help, you know, encourage people to build this culture where we get toward an ideal of everybody being a problem solver? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I don't know, the longer I've been in leadership, the more I've learned that uh, you can't talk things into being, but you have to act your way into a new culture, into a new way of doing things. And so my personal leadership of the lean management system, my visibility and my role modeling, I think has been really key to the start of the cultural transformation. You know, one of the things uh, I noted when I got to WellSpan was that although there had been tools uh, applied and, and lean principles and training in certain parts of the organization, the senior leadership team really wasn't involved in lean. Uh, and so with that, it became kind of a well, I'm not sure how important this is, and maybe I can opt out of this um, because it doesn't seem like these folks over here are doing this. So um, I I was really clear at the very beginning with both our leaders and teams that this is something I would be leading and that this was something that our whole organization would be engaged in. So I think that's been critical. And then the, the leadership of my team as well and all of our executives They've been very engaged. As I said, they've been helping craft the system and they're now helping deploy real-time problem solving across the entire organization. So they're seeing solving and sharing with their teams each and every day. And that's a different behavior. You know, so having those those new behaviors, listening, practicing humble inquiry, you know, just really being out in the gimbo with our teams as well. Um, I think we've probably seen more rounding uh, in the last year at Wellspan than we than we ever have. And I've always been one to do quite a bit of rounding, as you can imagine. It's it was part of my training at Park Nicollet, but but it's also something I think just being a nurse that it um I like to see those challenges at the front line. It, I think I make better decisions uh, because of that. So uh, just just being out there and rounding is also another way that we're leading. Um, of course, as we go through this. I, so I have the A3 for the entire system, Mark, that is my A3. 
And I've presented that to the entire leadership team, all 1,500 leaders at our leadership forum. And we've had dialogue about that A3 together. So that that's sort of how I, I see the importance of the CEO in this. You talk about engaging um, you know, all, all of those leaders and these different teams. And, and, and like you said, going out and rounding and going to, to, to see and to listen and to connect with people is really important. But what are some other ways that, that you, you know, connect with people and help um, you know, information bubble up? Or you know, there, there are other things that you do to um, sort of create those connections. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. There, there are some ways that are, you know, sort of part of the management system. So I lead the tier five huddle each and every day of the week. Um, my leaders attend that huddle. And that is, as you know, part of our governance structure for our real-time problem solving system and for our lean management system. So having that, you know, really daily action that I take to say employee and patient safety are so important that I'm going to learn about those each and every day, and I'm going to help solve problems around employee and patient safety, I think has been very powerful. In terms of um, our report outs, as I said, we'll be starting um, official system-wide report outs this summer, and I will be attending a number of those as well, Mark, and probably presenting at some of them um, just just to role model. And then we have a a great communication cascade at WellSpend that we worked very hard on the last couple of years, Um, not specific necessarily to lean, but certainly venues where we do talk about our lean management system. One of those is something that we call our working as one leadership call. It occurs every single Monday. We have um, over 850 leaders that attend the call every Monday. And it's me and a few people from my team who have a two-way dialogue with team members. We share some information, but then we also have an open Q&A where leaders can ask questions in the chat and we answer those questions live in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been fun. It's been a very popular call. You know, we continue to see more and more people jump on that call um, over the months because they do find it valuable, uh, the information we're sharing. I also actually have an internal podcast that I do uh, myself where I, I touch on strategic topics. They're very short. They're usually about 10 or 12 minutes. We keep them short so that our frontline team members can listen to them, mm-hmm. um, maybe on their break. And it's with um, different leaders and physicians across our system. We do something called team chats uh, twice a year where we actually have all of our executives go out and we connect with um over 50% of our employees just in individual huddles and in in team meetings. And then we have our leadership forum three or four times a year where we're getting all 1,500 leaders together right now on Zoom. Uh, We used to get together, of course, in person. But uh, interestingly enough, the the virtual uh, venue has been great for people. They have loved it. Uh, A, they don't have to drive anywhere. Uh, and B, you know, you can you can interact on Zoom, so it's it's great for them. So those are some of the other ways we do things, other than huddling. Um, and of course, every leader's huddling uh, every day with their team as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like there are many different communication uh, mechanisms and channels, yeah. two-way communication, yes. so that you, you can stay connected. To the pulse of, of what's happening, um, what what can you can you elaborate a little bit on the difference between the tiered huddles for people who aren't I know uh, maybe familiar with that structure versus the one call and and what's the type of issue that might come up through the tier through the tiers versus um, that one call? 
Oh, yeah, great question. So the tiered huddles are really part of our comprehensive lean management system, and it is each leader um, at the front line huddling with their team. And then we have a tier two huddle, which is the next level of leader, a tier three, a tier four, and then finally a tier five. And what comes up through those huddles are um, issues of the day, safety issues, any employee um, or patient safety event that's happened in the last 24 hours and what the follow-up is going to be. And, you know, we've started with safety, uh, Mark, as our keystone habit. But as I mentioned, um, the goal is that eventually issues will come through that system no matter what issue they are. So actually today we had an, an IT issue, a cybersecurity issue that came up through Huddle. Um, so that's what the tiered Huddle system is meant to do. The working as one call was actually part of our legacy communication plan. And it's something that our leaders have enjoyed so much uh, that we've kept it going. That's a bit more strategic and um, an operational, but we actually do put out what we call a huddle sheet after that call so that if leaders have any of those specific items they'd like to share in the huddle with their team, they can do so. So that sounds like it's a difference between maybe escalating issues and concerns versus the working as one call maybe allows people to ask um, questions or talk about things that aren't um, more, aren't as immediate. Is that that's right. Fair That's right. Yeah. Okay. And some of them are a little more strategic as well. Yeah. 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 Um, you've talked, uh, you mentioned, um, you know, see, solve, share, which is a framework that we love and the idea of having a system to share, you know, to, to spread ideas, to maybe inspire and, and motivate others to come up with their own ideas. Um, can you, can you talk about maybe the differences between um, what would be shared in that system to share, and you mentioned report outs. Could you tell us a little bit more about what that process is? Yeah, so our system to share is really connected to real-time problem solving. So as leaders identify problems, they they go through the four Cs and they then enter their four Cs into the system to share. And the system to share has a couple different purposes. One, it can it can really help us share information across the system. But two, it allows me and, and every other leader at WellSpan to go into the system and to identify um, how we're actually solving the problems. And, you know, you can tell a lot by reading through the four C's. And we can actually look and see, did this person ever get to the root cause of the event? And it, it helps train us into becoming better and better problem solvers, because as we see events that where we never got to the root cause, we can pull those out for learning um, and share those with groups and with teams to say, you know, it looks like we maybe have a little bit more work to do here. What what do you think about this? And so uh, I, I love that it has multiple purposes. And I think over time, we will probably be able to, you know, trend some of the data in that database and, and things like that, that will really help us understand, are we getting better at solving problems? You know, because that's the real goal. Yeah. And, and, you know, from your past experience and, and, and practice with this, you have the opportunity or the ability, you know, to, to, ask some good questions or to, to try to help coach people through their problem solving as opposed to swooping in and having the answer. Could you talk a little bit more about trying to build that culture or modeling that for the leaders who work in those different tiers under you? Yeah, it's it's surprising, isn't it, how difficult it is to ask good questions. <laughs> it's so tempting, especially healthcare professionals, to just jump in and say, oh, I, I know the answer. And, you know, if you go through the four C's yourself a couple of times and just on any problem that you might choose to identify, 
it's pretty clear that a lot of us, um, and I include myself in this, can jump to conclusions about what we think the solution to a problem is. It, and especially when you've been doing something for a long time, right? You you just sort of think, oh, I know. But once you actually let the process work and you go through the five whys, I mean, almost always I come up with a different solution than I would have. And it makes me think, oh my gosh, um, you know, I hope I'm getting better and better at solving problems. And I hope I'm getting better at asking questions. Um, as you can imagine, our coach, we have a coach actually from Value Capture who we um, think is just fantastic, Didier Rubino. And he uh, he has helped us with um, some little cards as well that have certain coaching questions on that we can ask our team members and each other um, too as leaders. And so we use some of those, those coaching cards that um, give us those good questions so we can continue to practice asking those. Yeah, because, you know, going back to that value of, find a better way, you know, how do we know it's better? So right. that requires, you know, the, the, the structure of real-time problem solving has us go and test a change. Yes. We think it's better. Let's go and see. So, and it's great to get that reminder about not jumping to solutions. And then sometimes people will even you know, like jump to the root cause. Right. But having the discipline as you, you described of going through the five whys or however many whys, <laughs> yeah. make sure, like, is there a good logical connection? Have we made a leap from, problem to root cause that maybe doesn't have a clear connection because then otherwise it runs the risk of throwing out and testing a countermeasure that doesn't really tie back to the problem. Absolutely. And then you just have the same problem crap up again. She didn't really solve it. Uh, and, And we've all had that happen to us, you know, with problems over the years that we think we've solved something and, and suddenly there it is again. So, and I think it's been one of the biggest learnings for our teams as well. Uh, our frontline teams is that I think many of them believe they're pretty good at solving problems too. Uh, but then once they start working the process, they start to think, oh my gosh, I think I've jumped to conclusions on some things, you know, in the past. Uh, so the process itself has been really eye-opening. And 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 that happens and that's a natural evolution of our learning and development and our practice. Yeah. Sometimes we, we just become more attuned to it. Oh, wait, I'm jumping to a solution. And we'd stop ourselves sooner, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. Um, so maybe, you know, one, one other question as we um, go to wrap up here, you, you made a comment earlier um, you know, that leaders love lean. And I was wondering if you could elaborate on that, like as you're still reaching um, other parts of Wellspan, or if you were talking to a peer CEO and sort of trying to make the case for why a comprehensive lean management system is helpful, and in, in in a nutshell, how would you answer that question of well, what you know, what, why do they love lean? What's the most um, the, the the thing that would first come to mind? Yeah, I, well, a few things come to mind for me. I think one thing is when you're a manager uh, and you're managing departments, you know, your job is kind of to make order out of chaos, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you you come in and your your job is to help have the right processes and work with your team members to support them. And this, uh, you know, having a comprehensive lean management system really sets up a culture of um, helping, helping each other, coaching mm-hmm. each other, supporting, learning together. And so that that feels very good, of course, and is very aligned with both shingle principle principles and the values of a lot of healthcare organizations, I think. Mm-hmm. So so that piece feels very good. And then just having a um, a system where you know you can escalate an item and you will get help. Uh, that is just very, I think, comforting for our leaders to know that there is a way to do it. There are people who are paying attention who really 
uh, want to help you and who want to solve your problem. And you can get their attention by officially going through the help chain and that we have a process for that. So those, those two things have been, I think, very comforting for our leaders. And in the past, you know, we, um, Mark, as many organizations do, didn't have a very good process for that. So especially when you needed to cross over in the help chain and it was no longer your department, mm-hmm. um, sometimes, you know, people weren't paying close attention or they were distracted in some other way. And, and now our leaders know and understand, hey, I'm part of the help chain. If someone escalates something, this is my role in that help chain. Um, and then we can always double check with those tiered huddles the next day to be sure that people got the help they needed. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for, for sharing all that. And thank you for, um, for, for leading the charge there at, at Wellspan and for being willing to share what, what, you've, what you've learned, what you've done, and, and for some of your reflections that you've shared with us, Roxana. Um, is, is there a final thought that comes to mind maybe to leave the audience with here, um, a, a reflection, a piece of advice, something that you've learned along the way that you wish I had asked you about? Um, I would just say I, I have really enjoyed learning more through the value capture process about real-time problem solving. You know, when I first did my lean training, that that was not the focus of the training. And so this, this process, I feel, is one of the ones that probably can be most helpful to our frontline team members. And that's really what it's all about because they're, they're caring for our patients. So I think I'm more optimistic than I've ever been about patient and employee safety. It's, and I find it really exciting. So I'm kind of right there with my leaders on that. Well, great. Our, our guest has been uh, Roxana Gapster. Again, she's the president and CEO at Wellspan Health. So thank you for sharing your progress to date. Maybe uh, at some point down the road, we can do another episode and, and hear about um, some of the additional progress I'm sure is in your future. Yeah, that sounds great, Mark. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Habitual Excellence presented by Value Capture. We hope you'll subscribe to the podcast and please also rate and review it in your favorite podcast directory or app. To learn more about Value Capture and how we can help your organization on this journey to habitual excellence, visit our website at www.valuecapturellc.com.